Good morning. Happy belated Earth Day. Father, I thank you for your majesty. I thank you for demonstrating your authority and your love in every aspect of creation, Lord. And I pray that none of these words would fall to the ground, but they would go forth and accomplish that for which you have ordained them. And Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. So, in Roman mythology, Lares and Penates were groups of deities or gods who protected family and the Roman state. Although different in origin and purpose, the Lares and Penates were often worshipped together at household shrines. Lares were considered spirits of the dead who had become divine, and they guarded homes, crossroads, and the city. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Perhaps the cremated remains of an ancestor placed on the mantle. Don't be scared. I'm in no way advocating worship of ancestors. Instead, reflect on the reality that we are dead spirits who become divine through the blood of the cross. I'm going to share some things today that, w- that some will find encouraging and enlightening. Some may find them offensive. My only ask is that you be willing to hear me out. If you feel you cannot, that's fine. I pray that you be blessed in your going out as you were blessed in your coming in. This will be less of a sermon and more of a reflection. Thank you for leading us in all truth now and forever, Holy Spirit. So ministers often talk about the message that God is putting on their heart. For me, the dust, fire, and dirt message and the line, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, have been brewing in my heart for a long time, but the the contents of it have been kind of floating out there in a massive galaxy of ideas and revelation, really overwhelming to me. Some of you, I think, can can relate. On the surface level, this video and the song, Cities in Dust by Susie and the Banshees, is about the experience of the cities of Pompeii, Herculeum, Oplantis, and Stavier, and their inhabitants as they were destroyed by Mount Vesuvius. Their shadows exist to this day, seemingly frozen in time. Scenes of of anguish, scenes of love, scenes of the everyday. I believe that there were, were Christians there as well. As the 18 crosses found in Pompeii would attest, According to Bruce Longenecker in his book, The Crosses of Pompeii, these crosses are not just notches or mason marks or directional markers or anything like that. They have been laid out with great effort in a discernible pattern or plan that leads the wayfarer to a Christian place. That place was a bakery where a cross was found in a prominent place on the wall made out of raised plaster. The conclusion of the book is beautiful. 
When the end came on that fateful day in A.D. 79, one thing might have caused them, that is the Pompeian Christians, to look different from their contemporaries. Many of their peers, desperately fleeing the doomed town, fearfully clutched apotropaic, I think that's how you pronounce it, apotropaic devices, devices supposedly having the power to avert evil influences and grasping statuettes of their deities from whom they sought deliverance from death. By contrast, Jesus' followers may have left their hands intentionally empty. And perhaps a few with empty hands died with one word on their scorched lips, Vivit, he lives. Longenecker clearly imagines the hope for believers at that moment. If one of those believers asked for bread from the bakery, asked for Christ, the bread of life, would he give them a stone? As those who hope for the reconciliation of all in Christ, let's look beyond Longenecker's inference. If Christ is from whom, to whom, and through whom are all things, and the one in whom all things consist, where stand those pagan Romans? Could Jesus have appeared to them in the moment of their last breath? If one of them asked for bread from that bakery, Christ, the bread of life, if one of them cried out, Creator, have mercy, would he give them the stones of their ignorant idolatry? By no means. For in him were all things created, in the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created through him and unto him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And that's Colossians 1, 16 and 17. So ask yourselves, will he give us a stone, though our lives seem like ash and embers, frozen in time, though our cities seem to lie in dust? The experience of our own futility is, is palpable and necessary as we die to ourselves and live through his death. Take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> Christ is in the dust. Jesus is in the ordinary, always. As you know, our essence is dust. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. All go to the same place. All come from dust, and to dust all return. 
Yet the world and much of the church see dust and dirt as a defilement, something despised that we must aspire to rise from toward ever-increasing glory. In this this aspiration toward ever-increasing glory, we break down our experience into wins and losses, pulling ourselves apart in a kind of schizophrenic torment. So am I the weak, asthmatic boy who almost died from double pneumonia, constantly bullied and made fun of in third grade? Or am I the second grader who scored more than any other kid in our floor hockey game? Am I the loser kid who, inspired by his progressive brother, called himself a pacifist that Andy called his slave in fifth grade because he knew I wouldn't hit him and constantly demanded I do things for him? Slave, go get me my lunch. Slave, go grab a bag for me. Slave, you need to carry my bags to the next class. Or am I the seventh grader who knocked him off the pommel horse when we were swinging bags of medicine balls at one another? Am I the kid who got spit in the face and didn't do anything about it? Or the one who beat up his best friend's older brother? Am I the shameful 11-year-old kid that had to be taken aside after Sunday school for daring to say he thought everyone would eventually go to heaven? berated to tears by his teachers for spreading false doctrine? Or was I the good boy who could could really remember Scripture? Am I the kid who got punched in the face by Steve when I got the first pimple on my nose in seventh grade? Or am I the kid who climbed up and down the rope faster than any other kid at West Middle School in eighth grade? Am I the D-minus student who had to retake algebra in summer school, or did I get straight A's at an Ivy League graduate school? Am I the one for whom a whole battery of psychiatric testing was recommended, whose blood levels for certain drugs was off the measurable scale, or have I not used any drugs for 36 years? Am I the criminal, arrested, handcuffed, led to the squad car in my bare feet, then put in jail for yanking the keys to my car out of the hands of a person whose license had been revoked due to narcolepsy, or did I save that person's life? Am I the one who's been called a pastor and experienced the Lord do incredible healing and prophetic ministry through me, or am I the one who has been put out of a congregation misunderstood, and lost most of my Christian friends? Am I the one who has traveled all over the world, lived in a 2,800-square-foot house in Boulder County, seen as the future of the company? Or am I the one who's given plasma 250 times just to buy food for my kids and pay rent, child support, and alimony? Am I the one who saved a life several times? Or did I almost die because of stupid decisions several times? Am I the liberal Democrat who did an anti-apartheid sit-in in the dean's office? Or am I the conservative Republican protesting near the abortion clinic? 
Am I the one who has an amazing marriage? Or am I the two-time divorcee? Am I the one who sat for several nights feeling dry as toast spiritually, getting nothing at all for this message but confusion, totally blocked, who could never do it as good as Peter or Carl or Francis or John or anyone else? Or has God given me a meaningful revelation to share with you? You get the picture. We all have these dichotomies. You know, none of it matters. When perfect love casts out all fear, none of it matters. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, If any other man thinketh to have confidence in the flesh, I yet more. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, as touching zeal, persecuting the church, as touching the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. Howbeit, what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ." Yes, verily, I count all things to be lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count them, but this translation says refuse. I think it's the American standard, but I think dung is a more proper translation. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. So we need to quit being the karma police in our own life. As Paul said, you know, I I do not even judge myself. Christ's strength, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weakness. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty nine through 30. Highly recommend that whole chapter. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that they may, by all possible means, so that by all possible means, I might save some. 1 Corinthians nine twenty two. So Paul emptied himself and allowed himself to be the vessel to the Romans, to the Ephesians, to the pagans, to whomever. It was all about how God was extending himself through him. It's all about humility and abiding the fellowship of sufferings. Yet God's work in regard to this experience is not limited to those who call themselves Christians. The cross is universal, eternal, and the be-all, end-all. 
This is going to be challenging, but do you believe the pre-incarnate Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit may have been operating in the earth, in the dust, in a part of the world besides Israel? Is it possible God was moving profoundly six centuries before Jesus, thousands of miles away through one created in his image and likeness, as are all human beings? He had gone through a period of great austerity, suffering in many dimensions, some self-imposed and some completely outside his control. The fast nearly killed him, But a woman from the village offered him a bowl of rice porridge, saving his life. He sat beneath the Bodhi tree and said, I will not move from this spot until I have attained the supreme enlightenment. All of a sudden, Mora, does it sound a bit like Mordor? Who was the murderer from the beginning? Lord of desire, Mora, Lord of desire, whom I believe to be Satan, appeared. With an army of demons, Mora attacked. Siddhartha did not move. He was grounded, and their weapons, their arrows, turned into flowers. This caused Mora to fear that he would conquer the realm of desire. That Siddhartha would conquer the realm of desire. So he tried to seduce him with his three daughters. Siddhartha remained still. This frustrates Mora. With his demons arrayed, he presented a final test, goading the demons. Who would testify that Siddhartha was worthy of obtaining supreme enlightenment? And the horde of demons lunged toward him. He reached down and touched the dirt. And the earth shuddered. And then said, The earth is my witness. The demons fled. I believe that Buddha saw the web of eternity. The eighth day, just like many of the Old Testament saints, like Moses and Elijah did, just like Lao Tse did, just like Teresa of Avila did, as St. John, John of the Cross did, as did Brother Lawrence, as did Sandhu Sundar Singh, the great Indian Christian mystic, and so many others, as flawed as they were. Regardless of what religious Buddhism looks like today, regardless of what religious Christianity looks like today, God was Buddha's witness as he grounded in that from which he came. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Victory in death. Our spiritual authority is rooted in humility and the fellowship of sufferings, 
not our aspirations of releasing God's glory in spiritual warfare. It took so many years for me to get that. Our spiritual authority is rooted in humility and the fellowship of sufferings, not our aspirations of releasing God's glory, of releasing God's kingdom through spiritual warfare. Victory is wrought in the refiner's fire, showering down from whatever our personal Vesuvius happens to be. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come down to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit at the refiner in a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. In ancient times, the goldsmith would heat molten gold hotter and hotter and hotter until the goldsmith was able to behold his own image reflected on the surface of the molten gold. So do not be discouraged as, as your life is heated up, as you are completely disseminated, disintegrated, melted, made into ashes, made into molten rock. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. That the trial of your faith. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, make you perfect and establish and strengthen and settle you. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tries the hearts. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Imagine the fire that the woman caught in adultery must have felt. Was she, that, that the Pharisees caught in adultery must have felt, was she embracing her lover in a moment of bliss? Was this moment sublime escape from the oppression of her battered life? Was she a prostitute? How deep was her sense of fear and failure. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman taken in adultery, and having set her in the, their midst, they said unto him, Teacher, this woman 
has been taken in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such. What then sayest thou of her? And this they said, trying him, that they might have whereof to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground. And they, when they heard it, went out one by one, beginning from the eldest even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman where she was in the midst. And Jesus lifted up himself and said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no man condemn thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way. And from henceforth, sin no more. Again, therefore, Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. He took his finger and wrote on the ground. He wrote in the dust. The earth was his witness. He set the record straight and dispatched the horde of demonic religious spirits arrayed against her in the hearts of the Pharisees, just as he did with Buddha when the minions of Mora, Lord of Desire, were arrayed against him. Adam and Eve, where are you? The earth is our witness in the second Adam, the Son of Man. Jesus was handed over on the night he was betrayed, just as the women, woman caught in adultery was. Their wrath toward her and the wrath of the evil one toward us all was fully poured out on him. And yet we arise in the power of the resurrection. On the night he was handed over, our Lord Jesus took bread. And after, after giving thanks to God, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup of wine 
He took it after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Blue cup is juice. Brown cup is wine. Be blessed as you come to the table. Thank you, Lord. So, uh, you know, none of us has a, a terminal case of uniqueness. God is, you know, allowing so many different things to, you know, bring us to that place where we truly die to ourselves and live through his death and be the new creature in Christ that, you know, we were created to be, that he intended for us to be from the beginning. And so just rest in God like never before. Trust in God like never before and experience the majesty, the miracle of who he is in you and how he wants to reach out through you in so many different ways to people from so many different perspectives and from, you know, and challenge you to reach out and connect with people maybe that are abrasive to you or unfamiliar to you or whatever but be and just allow him to be one through whom he can live and move and have his very being. So Father, I just pray that everyone would be blessed in their going out as they are blessed in their coming in, that they would allow the fire, that they would allow themselves to be ash, to be dirt, to be the clay in your hands and become everything that you desire them to be. Amen.